0: Well, good morning, aloha. My name is Pastor Stefan. So great to have you here today. As you saw in the video, uh, it was just incredible. Incredible outreach event. Why don't we give a round of applause to all the volunteers and everybody helped out with that. It's amazing. God is good, yeah. Yeah, well, hey, I'm excited to be here with you this morning to share with you what God has been putting on my heart. And I'm just super pumped to share with you. Um, I don't know if you have ever known someone that has a lot of means or or wealth. Like you know someone in, how many of you know somebody in high places? Okay. Maybe you know a celebrity or somebody that has some means, okay? Well, being in Maui, when you live here, you have to make ends meet any way you can. And it's really good to know someone who has the ability to, help you out, whether it's a submarine ride or whether it's a hotel stay. Uh, Several years ago, on our six-year anniversary for my wife and I, we were looking for a way to celebrate. Now, we weren't going to go really all out and big because, you know, usually we'll celebrate the really big ones like five years, ten years. We just celebrated our ten-year anniversary. And while we were celebrating our six-year anniversary, we were kind of just looking for something to do to kind of get away and just have some fun. Well, there was a couple at our church, and they managed a mansion that was here in Maui, here on the south side. And they were like, hey, we want to we bless you with a couple days stay here at this mansion. And it was incredible. I'm telling you, like, it had a pool, it had a, a big living room, several bedrooms, and it had a, a living room that had glass doors that would electronically slide open, and in, in the grass would just lead right into the beach and the ocean, and at night you would hear the waves crashing. And, and it also had like this big stand up shower in it with like big glass walls, and it had shower nozzles that was shooting every which direction. It was heavenly, it was amazing. And we had a great time. And, and it, it's really cool because we would not have experienced that if we had not known somebody, the right person, that could have blessed us with that. How many of you guys have? been hooked up before because you live on Maui and you knew somebody, all right? Somebody stayed at the Sheridan where you have like the pirate ship or something and you were able to take your kids there or whatever. Uh, Well, it's really important to know some people that can open doors for us. And really in life, it's all about knowing the right people to get where you need to go. But more importantly, it's about knowing one person, one thing. And that's God. Because knowing God is more important than knowing anybody else. He is the one that has so much means. I mean, he can provide for us. He can take care of us. And knowing him is so important. And and the way that we mess it up, we fail to know God in several ways. Like For example, a lot of times when we want to know God, we feel like it's things that we do. Like, I got to do this. And then I'll know God. i gotta, I got to do A, B, C, D. And then by doing these things, I'm going to know God. And he's going to know me. And it's performance-based. And that's not how you know God. Or maybe we compare ourselves to others. Like we talked about last week, we compare ourselves spiritually. So we say, oh, well, this guy's this far along. Or this person is this far along. And, and so I'm a little bit further. So I think that I'm more spiritual than that person. And maybe then God makes will accept me because I, there's other people out there that are very much less spiritual than I am. And so God's going to know me and I'm going to know God. Or maybe your idea of getting God's attention is being known by a lot of people for your reputation. Oh, I, gotta, I work really hard in getting a reputation and getting influence and so I have this impact in this world and so God must recognize me. Or, or maybe we just chose the wrong lane to try to know God or, or be known by God. We, we get in the wrong lane, kind of like maybe the idea of someone like ISIS. If you would ask them today, Hey, do you, do you know God and how to make God to please God? They would probably tell you yes, but we all know that's wrong. They're in the wrong lane. And so on our own efforts, we, we try to know God or, or we try to be known by God. And, and I, I have to say this this morning. Just because God knows of you, right? Because you might say, oh, well, God knows my name. He knows how many hairs on my head. He, he, he knew what I was going to struggle with and the problems I would face. So God knows me. Well, it's a difference between God knowing you and God knowing of you. God knowing you means that there is a relationship, that there's a mutual knowing. Us knowing God and him knowing us. And that's why I'm going to title this message this morning, Knowing Jesus. With that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for how you love us, how you come into our lives and you surround us with compassion. Lord, we're, you're God that desires to know us. Your desire to know us is new every morning. We thank you for that. We praise you. Lord, I pray that today, this morning, that we would learn how to know you more. Because the desire is already there on your side. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be here to open hearts and change lives. And we acknowledge that we can't do anything without you, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to know God more. I want to know God more. Yeah. At, this morning, we're going to look at Second Peter chapter 1. As you're, as you're turning there, you can... If you don't have your Bible with you, you actually do. It's your smartphone. You can download our app, follow along there, listen to messages, read God's word, all kinds of cool stuff. And also, we want to bless you with a a custom Bible back there. You can grab that as well. But we're going to turn to 2 Peter. As you're doing that, I want to share with you about a friend that I have. How many of you have friends that are really good at stepping into your life at the right time and encouraging you, encouraging you to know God more? How many of you have that? All right. If you don't have that, if you don't have that, you need to get it. You need to get somebody that is encouraging you to know God more. And I have a friend. His name is Morgan. He's one of my best friends. And he's always one to encourage me to press in. Almost every time I talk to him, it's about, Stephen, where are you with getting to know God more, becoming more intimate? And every time he says that, I get, like, confused. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, how do you know God more? How do you? How do you press in? And he started getting down into more specifics on what I need to do as a leader, as a pastor to, to get more intimate with God and just challenging me. And it was really cool. And as he was sharing this all with me, and I'm, he actually emailed me too as well as he shared with me and he emailed me everything and wrote it down so I could look at it later into its digest it. And I was, I was praying and just reading what he was saying I was also doing my journaling, my, I read God's word every day and I write down a scripture and I write down my observation and how I apply it to my life in a little prayer. And it's like every day is a little journal entry. I posted it online on Facebook last night because there was a verse that really impacted me and I want to share it with you this morning. And it had to do with exactly what he was talking to me about. And I was like, well, this is cool. I got to preach on this. And so I'm going to share it with you right now. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given us what? Some of the things, no. It says everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by what? By what? By coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And I was looking at this and, you know, Morgan's speaking this into my life. But I, I think this, this is not just something he's speaking into my life, but to us As a church, us individually at the awakening is that basically God's saying, you know what, Stephen? I've given you everything you need to be successful, to to achieve, to do great things. The awakening church, I have given you everything you need. You have it all right here. The tools you need to do make a huge difference on Maui. But how do we get that? By what? By knowing him. So Stephen, go deeper. Get to know him more. Awakening. We ought to be known for knowing God. That's what I want to challenge you with this morning. And and it's powerful because here's here's the thing. Again, knowing God. Like I said before, there's a difference between being known by God and and being known by God. God knowing you. There is a big difference. And, And there's a difference too as well with us. Knowing him on our end. It's like a giant internet connection. It's not just one way. It's, it's constantly going back and forth. And we know God. And when we have a relationship with him, there are benefits. There are benefits to knowing a God who has all that we need, that can provide for us, that can take care of it. Now, we don't treat God like as an ATM machine to say, oh God, I want to know you because of what I'm going to get out of it. That's not what it is. It's like a knowing because you are God and you're good and you're holy and I want to know that. I want to be around that. I want to worship you and follow you. And when that happens, there's an identity shift. Like when you get hit this week and you come into church on Sunday right now with all the stress, with all the drama, with, with the stuff that life hits you sideways with and you're feeling beat down, you're feeling discouraged, Knowing who you are in your relationship with God and knowing Him will cause you to be stronger and more confident. And those arrows that come at you during the week will bounce off because you're confident, you're strong, you're, you, you know who you are, you know you're a son, you know you're a daughter. And it affects identity, it affects your relationship. It's two ways. And many times in the Bible, people that knew God accomplish great things in small numbers. And that's why I'm sharing this with you because this is important for the waking, because we're small right now, but we can do some big things. It's kind of like Gideon in the Bible. You remember the story of Gideon? So he goes and he has this army of like 10,000 people and basically God whittles it down to 300. Kind of like the movie 300, right? And they go and face legion, legions of troops and God completely does it all. He he wipes them out. And he does it with a small amount. And that's what reminds me of us. Because this, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. Even if it's just you, God has called you to do great things. God has called you to impact this world. And even if it's just you and Jesus against masses, you're the majority. Jesus, you one plus Jesus is the majority. That's the truth. And that's why I'm sharing this with you this morning, is we can pack a punch with small numbers when we are known by God and know God. And that's what I want. That's why I want the awakening. You individually, people who attend here, I want you to be known for knowing God. I want people to say to you like, "Oh, James, I know that James guy. He knows Jesus. I can tell." Oh, Amber, is that Amber girl? Yeah, I can tell. She knows Jesus. Because there's a light there. There's a magnetism that draws people to you because there is light, there is peace, there's joy. There's things that that the world does not have. Now, how do you know if you know Jesus? It's real simple. Three ways. First one, you know Jesus if you're surrendered. Knowing Jesus requires surrender. Surrender. It's like any relationship, any significant relationship, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a business partnership, any relationship you have requires surrender. Now, you're saying, what what, what do you mean by that, Pastor Steve? Well, I'm telling you this, when you start a relationship, it takes an initiative on both parties to say, hey, we are now entering into relationship." In order for that to happen, there needs to be a surrender. Like I lay down my trust issues because I've been burned in the past. I, I, I lay down I, faith on this relationship. I, put, I take my walls down. And a lot of us have put up walls because in the relationships in our past we've been burned. But to start a relationship, any relationship, it takes surrender. For example, when I started dating Amber, on the first date, you know what I told her? I told her, hey, Amber, I'm really, it's really cool that we're going on this date, but I need to let you know up front that I don't date just for the fun of it. I'm not in this just to have fun and then just play and then one day I'll get married. No, I'm dating in order to find out if you're the person that I should marry. So this dating is intentionally discovering whether we're marriage material. And that's the only reason I'm going to date. And so she was like, whoa. But you know what? She said, okay. Because up front, we were both deciding this is a discovery process to see if we are marriage material. It's not anything else. It's not like an experiment. Oh, let's just try this and we, and then, you know. No, it was, it, it was intentional. And, I, and it, it, was, it, it was interesting because when she finally said, I do, four years later, and we went down the aisle And we went to the altar, which is significant, why they call it the altar. Because the altars are uh, an analogy of sacrifice. It's where things go to die. And so basically, that that Stephen that was single went to die. Because now, it's not just Stephen, it's Stephen and Amber. We become one flesh. We're one team. So if somebody dishonors Amber, they dishonor me. So we are together, there's a surrender that takes place. There's a surrender that takes place to begin a relationship. And the same thing goes with God. I remember when I started actually looking for God and, and, and desiring to know him a little bit. And I was around a, a group of Christians, and believers. And they eventually sat me down and had an intervention with me and told me, Stephen, we don't believe that you're a believer because there's no evidence. And, and they, they read this verse to me and it really hit me sideways. Because, I mean, I thought I knew God. And they read this to me, and I was so angry. And this is what it says here in Acts chapter 4. It says, on judgment, no, verse 13, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But I reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. They read that to me. I was so angry. But basically, they were saying, Stephen, we don't believe that you're a believer. And, and, and it brings to mind this, this idea, this concept that there will be people who think they know God, who are convinced that they know God, that they're going to go to heaven one day, and they're going to sit before God, and God is going to say to them, or by the way, they're going to say, oh, wait, the accolades, let's pull up all the, all the accomplishments. Oh, I did this, God. I, did, I sacrificed this for you, God. I did, obeyed you in this. And they're going to go down the list, and God is going to say to some of them, and this is very scary, by the way, for me, because there are people who will go before God, and they'll realize and God will look at them and they say, I never knew you. He knows of you, certainly. But he never knew you. And people will be put out from, from paradise. And, and so when they read this verse to me, I became angry because usually when somebody is in denial about where they're at with God and, and you speak a truth or there's a scripture that is accurate, how do they react angrily? And that's how, what I act. That's how I reacted because they were telling the truth. If I would have died at that point and went before God's throne, he would say, away from me, I never knew you. And you're like, oh, well, this is so complicated. Well, if people think that they know God but someday they're going to get up there and realize that they never knew him and he never knew them. How, how, this is complicated. How do I know if I know God? It's really simple. You have to surrender. It's that initial act of saying, I lay my life down. I want to start and initiate a relationship with you. I, and God, and you have to talk to him. You have to say, God, I, I desire to know you. John chapter 17 verse 3 says, And this is the way we have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. He wants us to know him. All the other stuff is unimportant to him. He wants to know you and you to know him. But it takes surrender. It's saying, hey, God, I lay it down. Some of you haven't gotten to that point yet. But we're going to give you the opportunity at the end of the message. But I'm going to go into a little deeper here now, if that's okay with you, on, on reasons or how you know if you know, you know Jesus. The second one is knowing God requires communication. Some of you will say, I, I know a famous person. Okay, how many of you guys know somebody famous or know somebody that's decently successful? Okay, come on. you no. Know? No, oh, you do. You just say yes. Uh, a lot of you do. You don't realize it. And, uh, but if, if I would ask, if somebody would say to you, hey, I know this famous person. You know what I would say? I would say, oh, so, so when, when was the last time you talked? Because I'm curious, right? I'm not like trying to like, you know, be the devil's advocate or anything. I just like, oh, what, when did you hang out? Would you do something? Oh, I, I, I talked to him one time so you really don't know. Maybe you got a, you got a selfie with them and, and, and you talk to them and say, hi, I'm a fan. So, But you don't know them. If you if you'd ask them, hey, do you know this so-and-so? I, I have no idea who that is. Oh, well, check out the picture. You took a picture with them. Oh, I vaguely remember that, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure who that is. Well, the same it is with God as well. A lot of people say, hey, I know God. But let me ask you this morning, when was the last time you communicated with God? When you talked to him. When you trained your ears to listen to him. For me, it was this morning, I was running through my message and I said, hey God, when when I do my message this morning, I really want you to come up and have fun with this whole thing and, and give me ideas as I preach and let's do this together. It was a cool conversation. And so I'm in the act of trying to listen to what God is saying to me right now. There's a communication happening, even as I'm speaking with you this morning. (coughs) But God made this communication thing super simple. Remember how we talked about last week the shepherds and the angel appeared to them and said, fear not. And these angels are communicating with these shepherds. But there's a dynamic that happens between the shepherds themselves and the sheep. To be a shepherd, you've got to know how to communicate with these sheep because you have to be able to know how to warn them when a wolf comes by or a bear or direct them as you're guiding them around a path. But the sheep also need to be comfortable and get to know the voice of the shepherd. If some other rent-a-shepherd comes along and starts to try to lead these sheep, they're going to have a difficult time because they don't know the voice of this new shepherd. And so Jesus uses this analogy of sheep listening. And so let's read in John chapter 10, verse 11, 27 through 29. He says this, As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, in the same way I know my sheep and what? And they know me. And I'm willing to die for them. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anybody else. Right? It's who you know. But here's the thing. This whole relationship thing, this whole knowing God requires communication. So he's saying to train your ears to listen. That takes some work and discipline and focus to learn how to do that, to hear God. The primary way we do that is through God's word. He speaks primarily through the Bible. So when you're reading, you ought to be listening as if God were speaking to you. Also, you need to be able to get away sometimes and get quiet and get away in nature and tune everything down so you can see if you can hear God trying to tell you something because he has things to say to you if you will Listen. And once you, once you hear God, it's not just hearing him, but it's obeying him. It's following. And so there's a communication that hap- happens. But we have, to, we have to take time. We have to take intentional time to communicate. If you had a relationship, a marriage, and you maybe talk once a month, How would that relationship go, right? Or if you call them on the phone, long distance relationship, and all you did was talk, some of your prayer time is just talking at God, and there needs to be a pause to listen to hear what He has to say. So, knowing God requires surrender; it requires communication, and finally, knowing God requires evidence. Evidence. Knowing God will change who you are, that change the way you think, change the way you live, and people will be able to see by the way you live that you know God or not. And you know the primary way of knowing God, or knowing that somebody knows God, the primary evidence, and it says in the Bible is love: loving God, loving your neighbor, loving yourself. These are the things that, that, this is the biggest evidence. There's all kinds of other, they list other things, but they put love, Paul puts love in Corinthians at the top. So this Sunday, I was getting ready for the message and I was kind of getting snappy with my family. And I was thinking, am I, am I loving? I mean, is, is there evidence right now? Then I'm getting closer to you, God. No, no I need to stop this. Um, so, evidence. Let me go down the list. The primary one is love. But then there's other things that are important. The disciples, okay, even Peter and the apostles, they were known for, for the ability to preach with authority, with boldness, with power, and how do you think they got that? How do you think they got to that place? They got to that place from knowing God. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. The, uh, the apostles were, were being persecuted, but they were being obedient to God and they were going around preaching and healing people and prophesying. And it was powerful. And so the religious leaders at the time gathered Peter and some of the apostles around to to question them. To put the heat on them. Try to get them to trip up. And when they did that, this is what happens in Acts chapter 4 verse 13. The members of the council were what? They were amazed. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary With no special training in the scriptures. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. These guys have been rolling with Jesus. They've been rolling with him in such a way that his power and his authority has rubbed off on them. These are regular ordinary people. But somehow they come with boldness, power, authority, and as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I would like to have that evidence in my life. There's a great reason for a pastor to know God. It's because then a boldness and a power comes. And so I'm challenging myself in this new year to go deeper. But even us as a small church, our impact grows. And there will be, in, there will be evidence well, what are some of the other? Well, greatest is love. Oh, great. But hey, are you certain? Are you, let me ask you something. When you're in a marriage, what are some of the things that you do in a, in a relationship? What you, what's this, like, let me ask you. What are the, some of the things that are essentials in a relationship? Anybody? Throw some out there. Throw it out loud. What's that? Trust. Great. What else? Communication, great. What else? Essential. Forgiveness. What about if it's all about me and my needs? Does that work? What does there need to be? There needs to be someone who is thinking about serving and giving. You know, if I didn't serve my wife, if I didn't give to my wife, or she didn't serve or give, you know, These are some of the stuff. So uh, how do you know Evidence is love, but there's also other things like, hey, are you serving in your church? Are you giving your tithe? These are some ways you can know how you, there's like a a health meter of you knowing God. And you can go down the list. Do I exude, exude love? Even in tough situations. Do I serve? Do I give? Do I communicate? These are, these, this is an indication of your health. On your relationship, knowing God. So, they were amazed because they saw this evidence of Jesus rubbing off on these disciples because they knew him. Again, okay, this is where I want you to tie it all in. My challenge to you this morning from, for this new year is to say, I'm gonna make a conceited effort from this day forward to get to know Jesus more. I want to be known for knowing Jesus. You, as individuals who attend the Awakening Church, I wanna hear about you being known in your community, in your neighborhood, at your workplace. For knowing Jesus, oh that person knows Jesus. Oh well that that religious person or that judgmental person or, or that 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 unloving person. No, that's not what I want to hear. I wanna say, this this person, if this whole Jesus thing is real, this person knows. They got a they got a special red telephone, direct line to God. Because they can read my mail, they they know how to encourage me and you know, and, and it's just it's they know how to love me, and I'm a jerk sometimes. So is there evidence? Make it make it your goal to be known for knowing Jesus. I'd love to have that on my tombstone. That'd be kinda cool, huh? I wouldn't have a tombstone though. Yeah, that's a whole another thing. Um and 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 Jeremiah, I'm gonna close with this. Verse to encourage you, because as the new year starts, and I'm going to invite the band to come up, and as the new year starts, there's going to be a million things pulling for your time, for your focus, for your attention. And I really want to challenge you: if you were to go before God right now, and it was time for you to be, your life to be reviewed, or your relationship with Him to be reviewed. Where would you score? Do you know him? Because you know what? I think, and then this is what my friend Morgan was telling me. He's like, Stephen, you know, all your accomplishments, your assignment, it means nothing. If you get to the throne one day and you don't know him intimately, he doesn't know you intimately. That's the key. Above all else, desire to know him. And in this season, like I said, There'll be things vying for your focus, for your time with Him. Make it a priority. Those things that are central to relationship, make those a priority in your life in this new year. And you'll be so blessed. Whatever issue you got, whatever need you got, you're gonna have the number one, most important thing, or person or being to have access to. You talking about having friends in high places? I'm telling you what, having Jesus in your life is the most important thing, the most important friend you'll ever have. He's your best friend. And we need to make it him so. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 through 24. There are things that people, like I said, try to do. Their accomplishments, how many degrees they have on their wall, how many Facebook followers they have, how many likes they have on their tweets, or how many subscribers do you have on your blog, or how many people know you, or you, Mr. Mayor in town, whatever it is that you're trying to do is unimportant to God aside from knowing Him. So pursue that. Jeremiah chapter 9, 23 through 24. This is what the Lord says Don't let the wise boast and their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things I the Lord have spoken the one thing that's important most important kind of like when Mary is sitting at Jesus feet is to know him To know him and he delights in knowing you. He takes joy in that. And when you are making yourself scarce and other people are winning out over him, he's a jealous God and his heart burns for you. He is constantly pursuing you. All you got to do is turn to him and choose, choose into that relationship. Communicate with him regularly. Evidence of him in your life. And it'll be. It'll be a great relationship. And when you get to heaven, he'll say, I know you. Good job. Good race. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Come into my embrace. That's what you want to hear. You want them high-fiving you. You know the feeling? I'm gonna close with this. You know the feeling, what it feels like to go to ask something from someone you don't know? That has means, that has the ability to actually help you, but you don't know them, they don't know you? It's awkward. It's very likely that you will not get what you ask for. But let's turn it around. Let's say this person you know very well. You've invested many hours into the relationship, many days, many years. And then you go to that same person with resources, with means, and you ask them, what are your chances then of getting what you want? Very high, very high. Invest in that relationship. It's important because you're gonna need it at some point or other in your life. When things go sideways, you're going to need that relationship to be solid. This new year, let's choose to know him, to be known for knowing Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for what we're being challenged in, to, to press in with our relationship with you in this new year. Lord, we thank you that when we do this, we can accomplish great things. Both individually and collectively. And we pray that you would help us to make that time to set it aside for you. And so that our relationship would grow stronger and stronger. And the Father, I know there's some of us in here who have neglected our relationship with you. And if you're in here this morning, I would I challenge you to be courageous? Is anybody looking around with their heads back and their eyes closed? If you've been neglecting your end of things of knowing God and you want to make a commitment this morning in this new year to pursue that. Would you be crazy without anybody looking around? Would you raise your hand so I could pray for you? God bless you. Good. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. See your hand. God bless you. Good. Good. Now I got my hand up too. I'm with you. So Lord we just pray that we would we would press in. For those of us who are already Christ followers who already claimed to have a relationship with you, Lord? We pray that we would truly know you. Learn to listen. Learn to obey. Learn to give. Learn to do all these things. Learn to love. Continue to pray this morning. You maybe you're at the front step. There's there's a lack of surrender. You haven't you haven't jumped in the relationship. And I want to challenge you this morning. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. If you want to surrender to him, it's real simple. It's like starting a friendship with somebody. Hey, you would, you, would you be my friend? Would you like to hang out with me and get to know me and I get to know you? It's real simple. You just talk like to God like that, sitting in a prayer. You say these words, and, and if anybody can say them out loud with me so nobody feels left out, you say, Jesus, uh, I know I'm a sinner. I, I know I'm messed up forgive me I believe that you died for me but you also rose from the dead so that I could be free Jesus I believe you're Lord and I want you to be the Lord of my life come into my heart wash me clean make me a new person in Jesus precious name and everybody said amen amen now if you said that prayer either rededicate or give your heart to Jesus, come talk to me. Come talk talk story to me because that's important. All right, now, what are you going to do today, right now, to initiate, to jumpstart this relationship? I'm going to challenge you to do it right now in this worship song. I want you to do some business with God. I want you to take part of the song to just talk to him. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him what's going on. And the other part of the song, I want you to listen to what he's having to say to you. Listen, turn turn those ears on to hear his voice. Would you do that together with me this morning? Okay, let's worship.